Welcome, traveler, to this Jolly Journey Artist Review. I'm Kijo Buchanan, coming in from Tecoronto, Toronto, a dish with one spoon treaty territory. And today I'm excited to this much-anticipated discussion with mystic, musical, lyrical, and artistic weaver based in Stroud, UK, Mali. Welcome, Mali. Thank you, Kijo. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm Mali. I'm a singer-songwriter from the UK, from London originally, but now living in Stroud, which is a very hilly, rural area and works well to inspire my mystical settings that I create. So that's where I'm coming from today. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And, and thanks for sharing that pastoral scene um, of where you're set in. And I also wanted to say congratulations on this recent 2023 debut album, Venus in the Dark. How does that feel? Thank you. Yeah, it feels great to have it out. It's been a long time in the making and it's really nice to know that people are listening to it now and that it's out there. We've been performing the songs for a couple of years now, but it's yeah really nice to have it in the digital realm and more people can access it from far away and yeah. Yes, we over here in the land of far away um, really appreciate the work that you're doing here. And um, I want to dive into the album a bit. Is that all right? Yeah, please. Okay. So I was going through a lot of the descriptions and your bio explains that you're sharing personal mythologies and invite us into intimate emotional landscapes. Which particular songs rings through strongly when you're speaking of personal mythologies? Mm. So I would say that Venus in the Dark, the title song, which is the last song on the album, definitely is the one with the most vast of the landscapes and probably ties in all of the emotional landscapes throughout the album. It's kind of set on this seashore, which is this really liminal threshold setting between the realm of land and the realm of sea where a lot of the songs are set in this sea <laughs> kind of mystical sea realm and yeah it's probably the most raw emotional of the songs as well so that one definitely comes up straight away of course um, but then with yeah the other kind of mythology throughout the album I would say the witch Lilith and Merman stand out to really, as really kind of sharing and storytelling that mythology. Um, yeah, the Lilith song um, really speaks to empowerment and this ongoing theme of healing and kind of feminine empowerment, but also how that can look like being demonized sometimes and Lilith in mythology beyond my own personal mythology is this kind of she demon and banished from Eden for not obeying and I really wove that in to my own kind of protagonist of Lilith in this song and the song is a dialogue so the verses kind of alternate, alternate between Lilith and then this kind of antagonistic um kind of male character or chorus and 
yeah so it's a dialogue between them and yeah there's even an element of her being kind of glamorized for being empowered and kind of celebrated for that but then those same people tearing her down and yeah that's I'd say that one really dives in <laughs> to some of the mythology of the album it's one of the louder songs as well so it really brings it up but then you go into the softer songs of the sea monster's daughter which is one of the singles that came out before the album and links closely to merman both of them are set in these sea settings of water and mer people and I think the sea really represents this separation of worlds and the separation of lovers and not being able to access each other after separation and all of your memories floating in this place of the sea and the kind of vastness and beauty of the sea. But then also this water element of tears and drowning so that's how the mythologies kind of construct themselves into kind of interweaving throughout all these different storylines and songs. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that. And yes, I'm capturing a lot of the sea um, for you. Do, you. do you spend a lot of time there going to the I actually, sea? I actually don't really. I mean, I love <laughs> the sea. As a child, I spent a lot more time there. Every year we would go to the sea and spend time and I definitely had this kind of fairy fairy tale like imagination and was already dreaming up all these little stories from from then but these days not so much I think it really came to me from this dream I had which the sea monster's daughter is based off of where I was in the water and swimming through the water and I mean the song tells the story but I think that's where it actually came from, from my dreamscapes. And then it just grew into this whole world of stories. Wonderful. So you're just pulling, yeah, you're pulling your influence from those dreamscapes. So it's not necessarily a direct geography, but it is, as you were saying, emotional landscaping and, and you're diving into different moments of your life, whether waking world or dream world, and you're pulling that in. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mally. So I, I hear you about talking about, um, thank you. Thank you for sharing about the sea and the symbolism. And we were talking about emotional landscaping and how that comes into play with everything. And I do understand some of the the struggle that is going on, um, that that power and using the power of the feminine through Lilith, who is often, like you said, um, demonized. And, and I'm just curious, because I really do like that dialogue that is, is between the antagonistic um, chorus and the, and, and you as, I guess, the main character of Lilith. And, and I f- thought it was interesting how she is bound to no one. And, yes. and, and the, yes. even though they keep, beckoning her she's like I'm not bound to anybody and that separation that the sea kind of creates you know um but it's funny because the sea is also available it 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 should be available to everyone you know it is there right 
And I'm just curious to know, like, what other creative spaces um, do you express or explore this type of this type of power? So I know you're obviously doing it through poetry and music, but are there other spaces that you explore this type of creative power? Mm, so I use mostly watercolor, but it comes out, I really use this very pigmented, deep shade of magenta. So I kind of let it bleed a little bit on the page. So it's not this kind of soft, I mean, it is soft, but it's not these kind of pastel tones. It's much more contrasting and very deep colors. Um, but with this dreamy softness and I use um, Indian rag paper which is this handmade paper made from recycled fibers and it just absorbs the paint in in the perfect way in my opinion and I just love the texture and the actual kind of sensory experience of painting on it is yeah really amazing so those are my main materials for painting Wonderful. And then like you were saying before, there's also that sensory experience and you're bringing in the water and the bleeding through and all of that. So I guess Mm -hmm. that's all bringing in those different feminine components and, um, and deeper, deeper colors. Now, um, just to step um, sideways or back to into the music a bit and the influences, because I know you're using different, um, Yes, you're using different textures and paints to create your painting, but you're also mm-hmm. using different textures of music to create your sound. Did you want to talk a little bit about the geographical landscapes that influence your music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've got in the question, my song, um, you really get taken through some of the landscapes that this album has been written in and that all of the transformation has happened in and there's the line over the smoky city um, and the clear air of the woods and that's kind of in reference to my journey from living in London my whole life in the city in South London to then finding myself at this time when before I'd actually moved here and I just got stuck here in one of the lockdowns um, in Stroud at my parents and was just surrounded by greenery and hills and I could see all the stars at night time and I could actually see Venus in the sky at night which was also something significant in writing this and I was just really connecting to nature and um, in a kind of physical and spiritual way and that was starting to really inform my music so these various geographical landscapes that have inspired it but then also now spending time in Greece, in the city, but then also by the sea. So Ray Renato Young, who produced Venus in the Dark with Ed Anderton and myself, and who did so many of the beautiful, composed so many of the beautiful guitar parts, such as the tower, and yeah, has a huge part in that side of the songwriting. Ray now lives in Greece and I would say that the mythology over there really speaks to the songs and just going over there and spending time with the musicians. There was like this connection to all of the songs happening there. And I think these songs have traveled from being shared in London and then shared in Stroud 
and I'm a gig in Greece this year. So that's another another landscape that's kind of coming in um, now, but feels like it's always been there actually in these stories. And the influences, there are these different kind of global influences on the songs as well, kind of Eastern scales being used in my voice, but then also this beautiful South American Spanish tone to the guitar in the tower and raised from Uruguay and is a master of Spanish guitar and I think that also really comes through in the music so the landscapes of the musicians too um, beyond myself and their musical background and their their spaces that they've been in really come through into the songs. Beautiful thank you thank you for um for taking us on that journey and understanding how much is really being put into each of the songs and the whole album. And yes, as you know, I'm a big fan of the tower. Um, Mm -hmm. I find it to be um, very electric. I feel the psychedelic concepts of it, but I'm also hearing those classical Indian influences and the Uruguayan influence. So yes, thank you. Um, Yeah. Thank you for bringing that together. All right, Mally, as you are aware, for this show, Jolly Journey, it is based off of the Jelly, the West African griot. And it is also a show of folk acoustic terrain of sound and reflection. Now, the West African griot, the Jelly, is a knowledge keeper and a sharer. And I'm just curious to know as a storyteller and also as a, as a community healer, do you have advice for our travelers today to share? Yes, my advice would be to share your stories and connect with others through the gift of storytelling, because I think it's an innate gift within all of us. And there's just so much deep connection and magic that can happen and inspiration and even escapism, but also that mythological way of going through these mythical settings, but actually to ultimately connect back to the self and reality and to make sense of it all. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that can be shared between us in community. And since I've been stepping into space holding, especially for women, and we do a lot of sharing, sharing our stories with each other and singing, singing ancient songs and connecting through the magic of song and sharing stories through that as well, beyond just our own. I think that's been such a beautiful part of community for me and feels really important. So yeah, share your stories. Beautiful. Thank you, Mally, like the country, M-A-L-I, for sharing the importance of sharing one's own stories, as well as conjuring one's own power and speaking on your album, Venus in the Dark. I'm Keija Buchanan. This is a Jolly Journey artist review. Ashe.